Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Om Shabbat Shalom. Holy way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom. I sense your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom. Holy way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom. I sense your presence. I sense your presence. And I am the light within your soul. In the essence of truth and right, love makes a circle whole. And here we stand in line, waiting for some sacred sign. But to find the balance is the purpose of this time. To restore the balance of the universal mind. In the presence of my Lord of light and love Everything I see aspiring to be free And when I call to thee And come on bending knee Surrender to the all-pervading light and love Reflections of the one surrounding me with love And I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Within and without Above and below, yeah East, West, North, and South, I sense your presence. Without and within, below and above, yeah, yeah. East, West, North, and South, I sense your presence. I sense your presence. Within your soul 
In the essence of truth and right Love makes a circle And when I call to thee Come on, bend in me Surrender to the all-pervading light and love Reflections of the one surrounding me with love For to find the balance is the purpose of this time To restore the balance of the universal mind I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Shabbat Shalom Holy way of the Most High Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence Om Shabbat Shalom Holy way of the Most High Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence Om Shabbat Shalom Holy way of the most high Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence Om Shabbat Shalom Holy angel of the most high Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence I sense your presence And thank you for joining me here on Code Connection. My name is Jesse M. Nichols-George, and I'm your host today, and the music you were listening to there at the beginning of the show is called I Sense Your Presence with by Shemshai, um, you know, great little ensemble that I connected with back in the days that I was living in Arizona, and I used to go in and out of Sedona, and that's where they were located at the time, and, you know, they've just grown in this beautiful, amazing way, so, you know, certainly if you like that song there, you're going to probably like a lot of the other songs they do as well. And you can check out their work, by the way, on their website, www.shemshai.com. And uh, they're really great about announcing different venues they're going to be at and, um, you know, songs that they are are playing and that they're uh, working with and all of those great things. So, And they're also on Facebook where you can follow them there, too, very easily. I do want to extend a big welcome to everybody today, whether – you've listened to the show before and so you're coming back and seeing what I'm doing today or whether you're joining us for the very first time. We do stream live in three additional places, Talk Stream Live, Stream Finder, and Pen, also known as Karen Towners Network. And I welcome everybody listening through those channels as well as those people who are catching our show in the archive and that might be coming to you uh, through iTunes, TuneIn.com, or through my YouTube channel. So, there's a whole variety of uh, options that this show's available. And I kind of mention that because sometimes when you're listening and you get into a good show and it's like, oh, I want to share that, but, you know, somebody can't catch it live. So maybe, you know, that way they, you know some of the different options that are available for them to catch the show. Now, during this show, what I do is I look at living a more compassionate life by aligning with your personal life codes. And many times I have guests on the show so that you can learn more about their work and other things that may be an option. And I should say, actually, there's not 
as many guests coming on this year as I have had in past year. It used to be I used to have guests on every single week, but um, now that I'm doing code interpretation work, I've had a big interest in me tackling the topics <laughs> and doing my own shows, and that's exactly what I've been doing, and um, I'm very excited. Today is definitely one of those days I'm doing my own show today, and we're going to be delving into some very interesting um, insights regarding church and state today, so you're going to want to stay tuned for that. And also, I highlight different musical artists along the way. Matter of fact, I'm going to have uh, Wayne Chatter, and I'll have to make sure I get his name pronounced correctly, uh, calling in from Australia next week, and he'll be on the show sharing his work. And, and he does some very, very interesting music, very bohemian sort of style that he does. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna learn more about him and his comeback from a brain tumor, and um, and using music as part of his healing process and something that he's always loved to do. So that's gonna be exciting. And later on this year, I also have a really interesting person that's gonna be calling in from another country, who actually plays music through PVC pipes. <laughs> Believe it or not, very unusual, but he's done an amazing uh, set of work uh, that he's pulled together as well. So I'm going to bring you some really fun, different musicians this year on the show. So that'll be something to look forward to. And I do delve into a variety of different topics, tools, resources, thoughts uh, that I share for personal exploration, universal insights, and expanding your perception of how life works. I mean, that's what uh, we're here to do in this show. Part of it is to understand you know, some of the bigger picture, we're here to understand more of what's really happening so that we can make wiser choices while we're visiting planet Earth here and while we're we're in this time and these days. So in my own work, what I do is interpret a person's life codes, and that allows them to live a life filled with compassion. I've created the Genesis Clearing Statement, and if you've missed that, you can catch it in one of my... Um, archive shows where I've been interviewed by other people. Some of my earlier interviews have that. Also, I've authored four books. The most recent are You Need Life Streams and its companion workbook, which is based on relationships and helping you to find your perfect partner, so to say. And then my first two books, Activating Compassion and its companion workbook. And I'm also a collaborator on a fifth book called Embraced by the Divine, A Woman's Gateway to Power, Passion, and Purpose. And um, that's very exciting. We actually just did the soft cover release on that yesterday. And, again, we are hitting within the top ten across the world um, in a variety of different countries. We've hit number one on some spots, number five on other spots. Um, So kind of exciting to see that come out. The Kindle came out in December, and now we have the soft cover out and available, too. So if you want to check out uh, that particular work, it's a, a variety of interesting stories in it. Uh, you could do so at EmbraceByTheDivine.com. And I've also created the Trinoic Tour, which is a multi-state nationwide tour, including workshops, retreats, seminars, book signing events, and fundraising events, and all kinds of talks and things that will be going on. I'm really looking this year to possibly uh, do, uh, in upcoming years and events, more work with sound healing events. Um, I really enjoyed my time with Jim and Ashley Cash while back in the D.C. area in um, Virginia just uh, this last fall and hoping to team up with some more people in that type of a realm and doing those types of things. Um, also, I would uh, be looking for some things to come up here in the Sioux Falls, South Dakota area while I'm still based here. And then this summer, it looks like I will be journeying out 
to the West Coast area, and um, I'm looking to hopefully book some things out there and to, to set up some things uh, late June, late June and July kind of time frame. So those that are in the Western region, California, possibly Colorado, um, maybe uh, Montana, who knows where I'm going to get to <laughs> in that period of time, but look for me to show up in summer and uh, I'll, I'll be having some stuff go, around, go on around that time. Now, just a reminder, if you do enjoy the show today, make sure you share it with people. You know, tell other people about it because I always find when I share a show, there's always somebody that ends up getting inspired by it. There's always somebody that says, wow, I didn't think of it that way or I hadn't noticed that about things until you mentioned it. And uh, many times, too, on my shows, I'm doing different exercises and, and meditations because I don't believe in just tossing the information out there. I'm not here to put people in fear or to make them worried about what they're doing in their life or any of that. Really, on this show, we delve into those truths, but then I also help you learn ways to redirect that attention towards compassion and energy, and hopefully we can find more alternative insights, more uh, ways of dealing with these challenges and these big things that are happening in the world. Now, also, I want to mention that all of the Main Street uh, Universe shows are available as a podcast at iTunes and TuneIn.com, and um, my shows, Activating Compassion and Code Connection, can be found through my YouTube channel. So there you go. That's all the fun. <laughs> so let's get on to some of the information aspects. Those that have listened in before know that I do like to delve into the 72 names of God, uh, which is Technology for the Soul by Yehuda Burke, who is a Kabbalah master. And uh, really, I love Yehuda's work. You know, he does an approach similar to mine, which is bringing the big topics, putting it into everyday language, and, and helping us see how it applies in our own life. Um, so every week I turn the page and I come up with a new um, name of God to share, and we go through this. And the name that we have for this week is called Soulmate. And um, this is always an interesting piece when we look at it because soulmates come in so many different aspects. I think sometimes his referral to soulmate in this book is probably a little closer to the twin flame uh, aspect as opposed to a straight-out soulmate uh, in there. But anyways, his little initial uh, message on this is, Looking for the perfect date, the ideal mate, true friend, loyal associate, or the right business partner. And I'm glad that he brought these different things up because, um, you know, we don't always think about soulmates being in all of these different capacities. We oftentimes think of just the twin flame aspect of things, and uh, there's certainly much more to it than that. Uh, the insight that he gives as he moves on here and I apologize if you hear me sniffle a little bit here or there. Um, I got a little bit of an allergy thing going on today for some reason in this room, but um, I'm sure it will pass and it'll all be good. <laughs> so the insight he goes on to give is when a single unified soul is set to enter into this material dimension, it is first divided into two halves, male and female. As these two halves of one soul undergo transformation, in the physical world, either through suffering and ordeal or through proactive spiritual transformation, 
They progressively draw closer to one another. The uniting of two halves of one soul is an inevitable fate, but the timing depends upon their level of spirituality. And I love that point that he brings up in there. When the time is right, true soulmates find one another even if they are worlds apart. Whether physically on opposite sides of the globe or spiritually with contrasting lifestyles and backgrounds. Moreover, the concept of soulmates does not refer only to marriage. The concept of soulmates also applies to relationships with friends, business colleagues, and partners in every sort of shared endeavor. And it's interesting to bring this up because today, today's topic being church and state, to have soulmate come up. <laughs> and there's always a connection, it seems like, in here. Uh, that, you know, in a sense, we're going to be talking about the soulmate relationships that church and state have with one another and, and that connection there. So it's interesting he brings those pieces up that it's partnership of every kind. Meditation that he offers on this is the energy of soulmates is aroused through this sequence of letters. You attract the other half of your soul. All of your existing relationships are deeply enriched, imbued with the soulmate energy. Soulmate energy really, part of how he refers to it in here, is, is that uniting, is that harmonizing of the masculine, the feminine energy, of the male and the female energy. So it really is a, a very interesting piece in there. Now, um, the again, the common name is soulmate, and the formal name is Shen Alaste. And again, that's Shen Alaste. And, uh, wow, <laughs> I seem to be having an odd little allergy attack. Anyways, that is our message this week from the Hiddeberg, and that will be posted on my page in the Main Street Universe tab on my website. So you can always go back and check it out. And I also post on there our code message for the week. And uh, I'll be getting to that in just a little bit here too as well. Now, um, a little insight here about where we're headed today and where we're going with our topic for you. Do you feel that there's a connection between church or religion and government? Have they always been joined at the hip in one way or another? And have you noticed any common ties between government and religion? I realize I may rock some waves this week, and that's okay. After all, I am delving into two er the two areas that they say never to talk about, right? <laughs> and I'm putting them together in one place. So this is a big area, though, given what most are taught to feel, believe, and view them as. There's no doubt that they tend to stir big reactions and are something that most people tend to get very passionate about. And when we really look at these two, they're almost like Siamese twins, inseparable in so many ways, such as for saying the Pledge of Allegiance in school, that is, until they started to remove religion from the school system. Now, don't even get me started there because <laughs> getting innocent children to give allegiance to their country without even knowing what they are truly pledging themselves to, devotion to a government that is already creating separation under the pretense of union and justifying it by aligning it with God, 
I have seen so many beautiful people fighting for something they believe in under the smoke screen of great de- deception, that they are protecting their country and freedom when all they are really protecting are the elite that keep them in fear. I've seen so many beautiful people going to church week after week after week, wanting connection with God and to be filled with spirit, all the while receiving a doctrine that doesn't even match up with the energy of divine God and the Holy Spirit. So many things written in scripture that are not in alignment with Christ's teaching. Now, you may be wondering, who am I to make these statements? Well, for one, I have a relative that was one of 13 brought in to translate the original scriptures and left writings about how they were distorted and adjusted to fit what was wanted instead of what they actually said. In addition, there are so many things that just align in how both church and state operate, a control by fear, yet God holds no one in fear and is not a fear energy. So God would not hold anyone in fear or make threats to them. Only that which is not aligned with God would come from this space. Now, when we also look at how things are written, there are too many contradictions, such as God being angry with us. When we are talking of a pure, divine, loving energy, there is no anger or revenge for anything. There's also a great amount of talk about good versus evil. Another great contradiction that has been distorted. An energy as evolved and as loving as God does not see separation, but sees unity. Does not see conflict, but harmony. Does not see anything as good or evil. And this brings me to another aspect of judgment. Do we really believe that we will be judged by a loving father, mother, God presence? If we look at the God that most people believe they are worshiping or observing, this energy is pure and divine love within which there can be no judgment. For there is love of all life and the wisdom to know the purpose of all things. Such an energy would only see the true essence of any life form. So there is no need to forgive anything. The natural laws of the universe provides the consequences to our choices. Ah, yes, beautiful choice, the greatest gift we were given. And why? Because it reminds us that we always have the power of the divine and are always connected with God energy. We are never stuck in the evil of the world because we can always choose a different option. I have no question that church and state are both different and of the same energy. They represent one of the great dichotomies of the universe, being their own independent aspect and being dependent on each other. In some ways, the relationship between them is functional and in some ways completely dysfunctional. What will be interesting to see is how they will shift and change through what is happening in the world. These times are definitely leading people to question what the church is providing. Governments are unlikely to thrive and hold power if the churches choose their own independence. And many will be watching closer for consistency and incongruent behavior from those in places of power and in elite circles. After all, going to church does not automatically clear one 
from initiating wars or causing suffering to others. And there is also the aspect that if all of this power and control is what is needed, then why would one need to go to church? Going to church or even believing in God does not excuse one for non-loving actions. And I sincerely believe that those attending church really want only the most loving energy of the great light, often referred to as God. And I genuinely believe that there can be great value for people within the gathering of heart-centered people. However, I also feel that it is quite important to also see distortions that have been presented to us and what is real adapts to what is happening. But what does not change its essence in order to keep people. Something as great as divine light does not need to control or market itself. The light simply shines in a way that is so loving that it speaks for itself. And not one word is needed to understand what it is saying. However, when distortions are mixed with the truth for less than godly purposes, it can get quite confusing. So when I look at the code of church and state, we find that the church does not operate on its own, but receives assistance from those in power. And when I look at the code of state, we find that success can only happen from wisdom. Translated, this means that the church is often reliant on what the state wants to have happen and that there is a direct relationship between them. It also shows that without interspersing truth or hope on some level, without integrating the Christ consciousness terminology or aspects into whatever it is that they're doing, the state becomes totally powerless, which is why it consistently falls back on using biblical passages, even if they are distorted to create fear and gain control. Where have you seen church and state show the same agenda? And have you ever really thought about the contradictions we are taught through stories and what we hope to experience through religion or the church. And why would a God that gives you the full power of choice so that you can be fully empowered seek to keep you in a helpless state, leading you to believe you have none and do not carry that very God gene within you? It's a lot to think about, and I know that was a big piece this week, <laughs> leading into what our show is going to be all about this week. So you're going to have a little time to process that when we get a break today. But before we head off on to break, let's go to the code energy for this week. And the code energy for this week allows us to interact in a variety of circles and groups, even though even those groups that might be contradictory. And you may find yourself as the common piece between opposing sides. Now, in this week's energy, you can weave in and out of a variety of different things. And this is a time to align with our innocence. It is also important to be careful and not share every piece of information that we get with others. You are trusted, so don't betray that trust. This is also a good time for business, transporting things, moving things around in your house making physical moves, or any other number of things where you are shifting things from one place to another. So keep your focus on moving things along in your life and gathering information. So the information you receive right now is likely to come in very useful 
later on. Yeah, I'm going to take a short break. And when we return, we're going to be talking about church and state, the relationship between religion and government. And the song that I've got for you during our break today is called Frozen in Time. It's by Claire Hedin. And if you'd like to check out more of Claire's work, you can definitely do that through her website. It's www.clairehedin.com. That's C-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N.com. And we'll be back in just a few minutes. you 
sorry about that. <laughs> no, I was talking away to nobody there for a minute. <laughs> and my mic, I had to get back on. This is Jesse Ann Nichols George, and I want to welcome you back to the show. You are listening to Code Connection, and uh, that song was called Frozen in Time. It's by Claire Hedin. And again, you can check out more of her work through her website, www.clairehedin.com. That's C L A R E H E D I N.com. And I definitely appreciate both her and Shimshai. Uh, allowing me to continue to use their music on the show here. Um, it's been a real gift uh, to, to be able to share that with, with everybody. Now, today on the show, what we're doing is we're delving into those two big topics, topics they tell you never to talk about <laughs> in conversation. I just love breaking the rules some days, you know, and that is government and religion. And really what we're looking at is this aspect of church and state here today. And prior to the break, if you're just tuning in, you might want to go back and listen to the archives um, after the show is over because I delved a little bit into the codes uh, between church and state. But I'm going to delve deeper into them and how this interconnection works. And it's kind of an interesting thing because I have a huge background in a lot of different things. And one of the pieces of my background on my family heritage is that I have a relative um, a few generations back who, obviously a few generations back, right, who who was a scholar and who was the pretty much the lead, I would say, I guess, um, but one of the 13 people who sat in to do translation on the Bible um, back in the day when they were doing that and they were wanting to make these translations and and, um, you know, he certainly worked on that in good faith and good honesty, but he also saw a lot of distortions that happened. He saw a lot of, and, and made note of it, there, there were, you know, these distortions that came up where he was sharing a piece of information and saying this is what it translates as, and that was getting turned around. And this wasn't just an aspect of, hey, we're shifting the lingo a little bit because of the culture or translating it to a different language. They were actually shifting the meaning of things. And so, uh, you know, certainly out there I know that people have talked about some of the lost scripts of, of the Bible or ones that weren't released in the Bible, things like that. Uh, but I think it's very interesting for us to really understand this connection because oftentimes we have this illusion or we have this insight going on in our head that, you know, the church is all this good thing. You know, it's all this most wonderful, pure, divine aspect and and energy. But, of course, we know that's not 100% true. And this is not about tearing down religion today. I want to I want to make that clear because I am not against whatever religion choice somebody has made for themselves. And this is not about just bashing down the government or any of that either because there's certainly places for these things. And when they're functioning in their pure divine state, they can actually be, be an incredible asset to us. Um, but it is about looking at the reality. And if we face reality, I mean, let's face it, there are certain religions and, and traditions and practices that um, do not operate in godly ways. <laughs> let's face it, if everybody involved in the church operated in godly ways, we wouldn't have 
you know, the the aspects of different um, sexual things that have happened that we know about in some religions we wouldn't have, um, you know, the isolation or the downplaying of one sex or the other sex in the religion. We wouldn't, you know, have this repressing of women going on. And, you know, this is kind of a big thing because a lot of when the church came into being, uh, by whatever religion you choose to, to use as your starting point for that, um, really came about at a time when the energy on the earth shifted to a patriarchal rule from the matriarchal ruling. And, of course, they couldn't just totally alleviate in the church the um, matriarchal or the feminine energy on earth because there would have been nobody that would have followed suit, <laughs> really, you know, other than a few of the, the patriarchs who wanted to really bring in the male-dominant energy in there. And this is part of why we've had this connection, and this is where part of it came about um, in the aspects of things. So I really want to get into some of the codes that are in here and then look at some of the dynamics in here and and um, and I do want to provide for you today a little uh, process or meditation, if you want to say that, uh, that we're going to be doing too towards the end of the show. So you'll want to definitely stay tuned for that as well in here. Um, and so also the, the views that I'm sharing today do not necessarily, I have to say these things, right, <laughs> reflect the views of, of our network of Main Street Universe or uh, blog talk radio is simply information pieces that I've delved into that I'm sharing with you. So if we start to look at the, the codes of church and state, as I mentioned in uh, the, the little message I was reading earlier that, that we had before we went on break, um, church is on an energy pattern that it can be successful Certainly we've seen some success, right, through different churches. Look at the way the buildings are in there. Um, But its success is dependent on that which is in greater power than itself. And oftentimes this refers to the state or the government uh, that is there. So it has this blessing, but it has this dependence. You know, it has the success level, but it has this uh, reliancy at the same time. It's kind of like a child that can be successful, but only under the pretense of the help of its parents. Or an employee who can be very successful, but only because of the company that they're working for, for example. And we see that similar type of thing uh, in this dynamic here of church and state. So the church has an invested interest in keeping this relationship with state or government, as we might say, because if it keeps a good relationship there, then it won't have to um, worry about whether it's safe, whether it's protected. Um, you know, pretty much it knows that, that it's always going to be taken care of. Uh, it also knows that a lot of the funding to be provided for a church is um, is funded by state aspects, right? A lot of churches are nonprofit organizations, <laughs> and so they get a lot of tax breaks, things like that. In a sense, a church is a business. Now, there's going to be people that 
don't want to hear me say that. There are going to be people who say, no, no, that's not what church is all about. And I'm going to get into a little more of that as we go on in the show here. Um, but, uh, you know, it's very interesting that that the church does have this interdependence or this dependent relationship that goes on uh, in there. Uh, likewise, we've oftentimes seen even government aspects when they want to exercise their control will come in and make a point in a church. They will come in and, and do that. And yet at the same time, there's a certain amount of sacredness or sanctity that is held, you, right? You always hear about the politicians going to church. You always hear about the elite have to go to church and there's specific ones that they go to. Um, so, so there's definitely a huge working relationship there. Now, when we look at the code patterns of state, what we find, ironically, <laughs> right, ironically, is that we find that immortal energy and we find the wisdom energy and a very ironic piece of the energy within, uh, that's coded within state is peace and love. Um, but also coded in that is being superior to trials and difficulties, which means in this term that we use at state for, for our government, um, when we use that, it's, it's like they're always going to come out on top. It shows that they're always going to come out on top and they're always going to be in existence. Um, now, obviously, they've got some conflicts going on because when we work with a coding like this, and it has a lot of very favorable energy to it, and a lot of us go, oh, are you serious? <laughs> no way. You know, no way can government have that kind of favorable coding. Well, when we talk about it, uh, you know, of course, there's a lot of different directions that can go, but we get the favorable aspects of the coding um, when we're operating in the virtues. So if state is operating in peace and love, then it's going to be immortal. However, if state is not operating truly from wisdom and peace and love, then it too will succumb and be crashed down by trials and difficulties in life. It too can see this crash. It forfeits it's immortal energy if it's not functioning in that virtue. So this is a very interesting piece because we're seeing that. You know, there was a time when governments oftentimes were set up not just to rule, um, although much of it was about control and power and force like that, but, you know, they were set up so that we would have like a manager that could, you know, bring together people and bring together resources and handle these things and make decisions and, and do these various things and, and that we would have these various boards who would oversee different areas because obviously if you're off working full-time or back in the day, right, in Christ's day, maybe you were a farmer or whatever you were or fisherman or whatever, and, you know, you, and you, you, were doing your things, you didn't necessarily have time to worry about, you know, other aspects that were going on uh, there. Now, so when we look at this, you know, you've got an energy that, that can potentially live on forever and ever, that, that has the, the natural flow of energy to keep coming out on top, and you've got an energy that is dependent. Now, 
when I, I mentioned in what I read earlier before the break about also uh, the state being reliant, you would think, well, why would something that has this immortal energy that has all this wisdom to it be reliant on the church for its survival? And the interesting piece in that comes in that relationship piece. And when we join these two energies together in relationship, what we find is, is total command or total power. So it's showing that even though state might have that immortal energy, it doesn't have command and it doesn't have power without church. Pretty interesting piece there, right? So when we put this together, we have a structure then that is self-serving. It's not really about the people. It's about this power. It's about, um, you know, commanding nations. That's literally the energy, commanding nations of people and, um, you know, being able to, to direct people. So without this harmonious relationship, the state has no real power to it. Pretty interesting in that piece. And when we look at this in the terms of religion and government, we bring in some also different dynamics. Religion brings in the power, ironically. It brings in um, results from a productive intellect. It brings the harvest. So without the religion in the world, there's no harvest. There's no reward to the government in this when we look at the code. And government, interestingly enough, when we look at that term versus state, is all about partnership and friendship and partnerships that allow for success. So here again, we see this partnership dynamic that is going on. And when the two of those come together, when we see religion and government come together, it's a definite success factor. So, so either way we look at it, whether we look at it as church and state, whether we look at it as religion and government, they're reliant on each other in order to be successful in commanding nations and people. That's a pretty interesting thought. So, you know, when we look at it and we say, yeah, a lot of religion actually was established by government. It wasn't necessarily established by people who just wanted to gather. It was established by government. And you have to think to yourself, hmm, that's interesting. Now, I don't want you to confuse the teachings of ascended masters, be it Jesus Christ, be it, you know, um, the biblical prophecies, be it any of the ascended masters in this, because that's a different thing. Um, and that's where it gets confusing, because the, the, the state, the government, has used religion and church, and it's interwoven some of this truth of the story of these ascended masters, depending on which religion you're coming through, whether that's Allah you're worshiping or the Holy Spirit or whatever it is uh, for you or spiritual practices. Um, and so it uses some of these stories in order to get its power and its control and things. Because without that, who would follow them? I mean, realistically, 
kiddo who would follow them. And and uh, so they've used a lot of these these aspects. And what we find when this relationship comes together, and this is why it's going to be interesting as we move forward in the times in with what's happening, because if at any point religion says, hey, we're actually going to follow the teaching that we're here for, our government is SOL, basically. You know, not just our government, but government around the world. If religion started doing that, if they chose to go their own way, they would completely remove the power from government because they don't, government then no longer has this relationship. It no longer has what is bringing it success. Because if everybody followed the word of ascended masters, whether that is Buddhism or whether that is Allah or whether that is Jesus Christ or whether that's Mother Teresa or whatever your ascended master person is or the archangels and the angels and the actual teachings, government would not have a place because it would bring in the balance again. It would bring in the feminine energy. And I say it's going to be interesting to watch this now that we're moving more into this feminine energy and more of a united balance of energy coming in where there's neither, you know, hopefully we'll get to that point where it's not about matriarchal rule versus patriarchal rule, but that it's harmonizing and a uniting piece that's in there. And I think that's where we really want to focus our energy because, again, there's certainly benefits to these structures here. Um, you know, certainly there, there are assets to them. And so when we look at that and they start to say, okay, here's what we're, we're going to create. <laughs> we're going to create this religion and we're going to tell people that God says you have to go to church. We're going to tell people that God, you know, says this is a bad thing. So what they do with this is they're using the church to remove the blame and the responsibility off of state and government. They're using church and religion for that. Pretty big concept to think about, isn't it? And so what they do is they then say, you know, God is making you a victim. God is making you powerless. You are powerless. And that's what they're saying. You can't do things on your own. You are not good enough. And they put you into what is known as a God-fearing space. Okay? But let's look at reality. If the ascended masters are correct in everything that they teach us, we have a benevolent and a loving God. Not an angry God. Not a God that needs to hold us in fear. A God that loves us. We're one in that. You know, it's a working relationship. So it makes no sense to be held in space. But yet, how many religions do you see and how many churches do you see that says you will be condemned to hell if you don't do this? You will be condemned to death. You, will, you know. So here again, they, they, they twist it and they distort it around because what is hell? Hell is our own mind? Hell is our own ego? Hell is, you know, there can be a whole variety of directions that we can go with that. Hell is uh, literally coded out as strange accidents and facilities, the same as fear. So when we look at those those aspects, and so you know when we start to get into that energy, 
it's, it's because we're living in these distortion pieces of it. So basically what we're finding in this is by using the church, then the government can kind of say, the state can kind of go hands off and go, hey, not my responsibility. You know, God says this. <laughs> and they use that then, that religion, that church, whatever church it is or religion it is, to maintain control and to serve the ego. And we look at this because more and more is coming out, for example, about artificial intelligence and and that that is, you know, kind of uh, in alignment with ego-based mindset sort of thing. Well, let's look at the aspects and the codes of control and ego, okay? We look at the aspects and the, and the energy patterns and the, the codes for control. Control is all about loneliness, isolation, and material uh, misfortune. Okay? Well, here again, let's go back into that. If we are dealing with true divine presence, that's fully abundant. It has no need to make us poor because it realizes that it's abundant and it wants to share that abundance with us. It doesn't want to isolate us. It doesn't want to make us poor, right? And yet we're seeing these very things in today's time. I'm not even talking way back in Christ times, prehistoric times, or any other times like that. Here and now today, our own government is using this to isolate us, right? Isolate us, separate us, create conflict, create fear, create anger, create reaction. We talked about some of that a couple of weeks ago on the show when we looked at red flag operations. Okay, let's look at things like ISIS. Let's look at the Muslim situation. Okay, what are they doing? They're using religion to separate us. And the more they separate us, the weaker we get on a material level. Most people, they realize most people are living outside themselves and they're looking for outside approval and they're looking to be a part of the elite because that's what they've been programmed. You've got to work your way up in the world and you've got to be on top and you've got to be number one. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. Pressure, 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 right? Well, when you do that, you're spending all this money. You're, you're, you're spending it all on all of these material things. So, you know, when you look at this, that control factor is, yeah, let's isolate you. Let's pit you against one another. And we're going to use religion to do it. Well, look at how horrible this religion is. Look at how, look at the thing that this religion is doing. And all along, you know, they're, they're working as a team. <laughs> they're working as a team. If you look at many of the um, religious leaders, and I know a lot of people love the current Pope, I, I totally get it, uh, in there. But if you also look at a lot of the hand gestures and a lot of the symbolism and a lot of things that they do, it's exactly the same as the politicians. They're worshiping on the same side. And it's not necessarily the divine side. Some cases it is, some cases it's not. And we would love to think that our clergy is pure and clean and operating on that divine side. But any time you go into a church, it's, you know, give, give money, give money, give money. And I get the whole tithing piece, okay? I understand that, but there's a lot more to tithing than just money. And there's a lot more about it. And it's always like, oh, we've got to build this and we've got to do that. Material, material, material things. Do we really think 
with this benevolent, divine, pure source of energy cares about our material building that we're in, what that divine source cares about is our connections. Okay? So they do this God-fearing thing. If we look at the ego, the ego energy coding is really about carrying out one's own purpose, okay? Not divine unity or connection, but one's own purpose. And this energy is really about talking a good talk, not necessarily walking the walk, though, okay? This is, this is about personal magnetism. And this is where the person using this, again, we can kind of have two sides here because if they're using it towards benevolent means, well, what can we do? We can feed the world. We can transform a lot of things. Sure, we can do a lot. But most of the time when we're talking church and state and we're talking this energy, we're talking people who are talking a good talk. They're telling you what you want to hear to get you to do what they want you to do, which involves isolating you, separating you, and putting you at a material disadvantage so you cannot work your way up the rank and that they can maintain that control. Deep breaths, right? <laughs> Some pretty big concepts going on there. So you can start to see how these things connect. And the government asks for money from you. The church asks for money from you. And most of us justify it and go, oh, yeah, but the church is a good cause. The church is a good cause. Well, I come back to the same point. God is not looking at it saying, hey, you've got to have a bigger building. And you've got to have fancy glass windows in. And you've got to have this. And you've got to have, you know, pews and benches that are made of a certain wood. Matter of fact, most of our ascended masters, when they taught, they didn't teach in church buildings. They taught out in nature. They taught in small circles. They taught in the community. They taught in homes. They really ever taught in an actual structured building like a temple. Something to think about. And so really it's structured. The two are structured the same way. Now, at the same time, they can't really appear to be (laughs) on the same side even though they have this relationship going on, right? And we still see a little bit of competition because it's almost like, you know, they know each one is reliant on the other one. And, you know, there's an old, there's an old saying that says, you know, whatever is the tallest building in town is what rules the city, what has power over the city. And, you know, we actually see this parallel in various religions and belief systems. And so you'll find, you know, in certain places that the steeple of the church will be the highest point in the town on a building to show that your church has the upper hand or the control there. Now, you might go to a town like D.C. or something else and and some of the other buildings, and they might be the highest ones in town. Um, So oftentimes, you know, they try to always make that illusion of church over state through that that aspect, but not necessarily. <laughs> it's not necessarily true in this. And, and we can look at the parallels. Matter of fact, I used to live in southern Utah for a while, and one of the things there, of course, the key, key religion and belief system there is Mormonism. And, you know, in Mormonism, one of the things that they have is 
the women would put their hair higher and higher and higher up on their head because um, the higher the hair sat on the head, um, the higher up their husband was in the church. So it showed elevation and power. And so ones that were trying to get higher up in the church oftentimes would wear their hair that way. <laughs> it's kind of fun and interesting the different little tidbits that the religions and belief systems have in here. So now if we look at it and we see the structure that's been put into place through church and state and everything, we have God theories are the terms that we come through. They place people as being God-fearing people, and, and they preach this in a lot of the religions. You should be a God-fearing people. Fear your God. Well, if your God is so benevolent, why are you going to fear it? If your God is so loving, there is no fear. Your God is not operating under that control at all, okay? And God-fearing, what we find is we find God, the energy of God, is able to interweave between every circle, culture, race, every grouping of people. So God is a universal energy. But when we bring and then we bring in the energy of fearing, and fearing is about lessons learned in a sense. Uh, think about it. You know, when you're young children, you don't really fear things. Um, you, you know, you don't have a, a lot of fears because you haven't tried a lot of things. You haven't learned a lot of things. But as you grow older and you realize, hey, if I stick my finger in the light socket, it's probably going to hurt. If I put my hand on the stove when the burner is hot, it's going to hurt things like that, and, you, you know, you start to develop fears because you start to, to hear about people who have had accidents on a bridge or rappelling down a cliff or whatever it is, and, and so you start fearing things along the way. So it's really a lessons learned energy in there, but when we combine these two together, again, we come back to an energy pattern that's related to control, and it's related to mental superiority. And um, it is about, you know, trying to tell people, oh, you know, set aside the material things by choice or set, set aside these various aspects. So when we have a group, be it church, state, religion, government, whatever, who is creating this God-fearing people, what they're really saying to you is, ha, 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 we are mentally superior to you. But that can't be because we're all created equal in his likeness or in her likeness, depending on what your belief system is, in God-likeness, let's say that, because God is united universal energy, in my opinion, um, in my belief system. And so if we're all created in that likeness, if we're all created equal, then why would we ever be God-hearing? And why would anybody need to exercise mental superiority unless they're not operating from a God energy aspect? Okay? Big thing to think about. Um, we, we get these lots of distortions along the way. And oftentimes, too, in the Bible, one of the big things that comes up, right, is the good versus evil concept that goes on. Um, and the good versus evil. And when, when we look at these little pieces, you know, certainly good, it actually comes from wisdom. It comes from advancement. Uh, it comes from uh, success and victory and, 
and being able to see our way through various things. Uh, when we look at the energy of so-called evil and its coding in there, uh, what we have is, again, we have that more materialistic, the good talker energy, um, personal magnetism, and that's what we deal with a lot on Earth. We don't, you know, when we step into soul and spirit, we don't see it as this good, bad competition thing uh, so much, but it does identify and it does give us a clue that operating under you know, that high level of personal magnetism or that high level of, um, you know, talking a good talk, if you're not following through on that, that's really what the energy of evil is. I mean, that's really, you know, that's us succumbing to the, the, the dangling carrot in front of our face, basically, um, as opposed to, to choosing the, the other aspect, which is, is wisdom and, and advancement and things. Um, advancement not necessarily for material purposes, but for that. So we look at that, and some people say, well, what about Lucifer? You know, we have a lot of groups of uh, Masons talk about uh, that uh, aspect. We don't worship Satan. We worship Lucifer. And if we get into these terms, and I bring them up because so many of our religions and everything are based on this good versus evil. Well, so is our government, and so is the state, right? We're going to protect you from the bad guys. <laughs> if you're really doing your job, there aren't the bad guys out there, right? <laughs> In there, if we're really living under the God energy, it's not a bad guy place. And some people say, well, don't, don't ignore reality. There are people that, you know, make bad choices. Well, why are they making bad choices? Probably because of a lot of these programming and what they've been programmed into along the way. But let's look at those two terms that we use that are so heavily related to the so-called evil of the world. Satan, that word, that energy source, is our strange accident and fatality energy. So when things go wrong, when things, when you get that sense like that wasn't right, it didn't feel right, that was a weird accident to happen. And we see this a lot in celebrity circles, right? Wow, that was really strange. All of a sudden, they passed away. <laughs> and, and it doesn't always match up with a realistic correlation in this. Um, and when we look at the Lucifer energy, you'll get masons and different groups like that, and, and they'll say, this is the energy we write, and it's, it's not the evil thing that people talk about. Well, let's look at the energy pattern of, of Lucifer. The energy pattern of Lucifer is contradiction. It's promise and possibility taken away. Okay? Here again, it's, we're not saying, you know, right, wrong, any of that. It's just the nature of the energy. So if we're in this energy pattern where we have a lot of promise, a lot of promise, a lot of promise, and it keeps getting taken away, what we're going to find in that energy is opposition and competition. And we find the Lucifer energy active wherever there is opposition and competition. Well, isn't it interesting that in both church and state, we have opposition and competition, okay? Our whole government system, most of the government systems around the world are about competition. We've got to be the better country. We've got to be the better government. We're going to be the ones in control. We're going to be on top. We're going to be the winners, right? Okay? When you look at religions, how many, how many religions, how many churches have you gone into and they've said, you know, we are the one way? 
we are the right one. We are the correct one. It's our religion versus our, you know, their religions. It's Christians versus the Muslims or, you know, some other religion. And they make it this huge competition. Well, you know what? When we're doing those things, it doesn't matter whether it's in the context of the church or context of the state. Guess what? It's all competition. It's all opposition. And that is all Lucifer energy. Not right or wrong, but it's something for us to be aware of. Because when we see these things, it's showing us we have a disconnect. Because when we talk of divine, when we talk of true God energy, that's a unity. That's universal. That is connection, even among those opposites. Think about that. It's connection among even the opposites. So there's no denial that there's opposites in the universe, but that doesn't make them good or bad. Big piece to think about there. So the Bible, when we look at that, and that translation came in, you know, and and, and I, you know, picked up some of the, the different notes that were out there from my relative who was involved in translating that, that the Bible was adjusted to be based on the fear of God. Think about that. It was adjusted to be based on the fear of God. And yet, here again, God does not get angry and has not ever gotten angry with us. Who got angry? Energy doesn't do that because it it knows. Every piece is valuable. Every piece has a role to play. Okay? Only the ego God generates this fear. So if our church and our states and our religions and our governments are following ego God, they're going to be fear-based. If they're following the true God, they're going to be love-based. And a lot of people, that's a big misconception because they think in people that are love-based because they talk a lot about these different loving things and they throw that in there. But it's also fear-based. And it's a big thing for us to think about. And again, I'm not saying, hey, drop your religion or, you know, stop going to church or any of those things. What I want you to do is to get into the real context and not buy into the parts that are based on fear. Because those are the parts that were distorted. Those were the parts that weren't correctly translated over. Um, or they were correctly translated, but they weren't put in in the correct translation of things. Those are the pieces that were implemented by states in there. Okay. Now, one of the big things when, when I got into looking at the codes of pure divine love and experiencing a compassionate God, because we also hear that term in the Bible, right? A compassionate God. And when we get into this energy of compassionate God, we, we start to get into some different dynamics. Compassionate God is revolutionary energy. And we see that over and over again. That was a big piece of the Christ consciousness or the Jesus Christ energy. Um, and it was revolution. You know, actually it talks about upheaval and strife and, 
and different pieces like that when we talk about compassionate. And that's not something people are used to saying. They're thinking, hmm, maybe compassionate isn't what I think it is either, right? Um, And yet, when we look at this in combination of the God energy, which infiltrates all, which brings in the, the unity factor, what we're seeing is it's upheaval because it's, it's independent. It's upheaval and it is the energy that brings so-called failure to the energy that's trying to control. It is the energy that can think for itself. And when we bring this together, the energy of compassionate and God, and we bring it together, we have the energy of sacrifice. And this is a scary term for a lot of people, right? Because they think, well, sacrifice is okay. Now we're getting into some really, really touchy territory here, right? We're getting into that aspect of the things we don't like to hear because that means suffering. You know, for most people, we've been programmed that sacrifice means suffering. We've been programmed that sacrifices are those weird occult rituals that go on out there in the world and, you know, that we've heard about through Illuminati societies and all of these other things in there. So I said to myself, well, let's break those down. Let's look at that. Look at some of these codes (laughs) and see what this is really about. And when we look at the code of sacrifice, Sacrifice is really about coming into command and power. And it's really about getting that power from a productive, creative intellect. It's about carrying out your own ideas and science. And when we look at true God energy, we know that that's an independent energy. It's not controlled by any people. It makes its own decisions. And when we look at sacrifices on a plural level, what we also see is, again, this taking charge energy. It's a mental superiority energy, right? So sacrifice then, as we start to break this down a little bit, uh, we, have, we have the aspect of faker, which is holy, and we have the fear, which is to make, and when we bring this together, sacrifice actually translates into to make holy. Sacred right, to make holy. Okay? So we've been programmed, it's all about loss, so that we wouldn't sacrifice. Right? We've been programmed that to keep us out of our successes, to keep us out of independent thinking for ourselves. And why would we independently think for ourselves? Because that comes from the space of choice, which is our divine given gift that was given to us in order to allow us to stay connected to the divine God energy. Pretty powerful when you think about it. So if we look at sacrifice in the true sense of its word, which is to make holy, And how does that holiness come about? It comes about through operating on wisdom. So if we become holy through wisdom, which holiness being, you know, like that divine energy, like that energy, if that's the way we become holy, why would our churches or our government keep us trying to be ignorant about things? 
Why do they want to keep us out of our wisdom? Why do they feel the need to program? They're not operating in that space. Doesn't necessarily make them wrong or bad. They're just not operating in that space. And that's something for us to be aware of, that they're not operating in our divine best interest most of the time. Now, again, because there's this interweaving, and, and I would say there are definitely priests and ministers and clergy people and all kinds of things that really are coming from the heart. They got into it because they really believed in the love energy. They really believed in a true loving God. And that's the space that they come from. But we're also seeing a lot of those that are coming from that space are operating on more uh, levels where they're trying to unify religions and belief systems and people and cultures. And they're coming from a little different space. They're branching away from some of the traditional doctrines in there. So again, another reason why it's going to be very interesting to see as we move forward (laughs) how much the churches are going to participate in some of the things that have gone on because they definitely have been in alliances, whether it's been royalty in old England or whether it's been Chinese royalty or whatever it's been, or Chinese government uh, or any other country you want to talk about in there. Okay? So the sacrifice is nothing to do with hurting us or suffering, but it's to act with wisdom, to become holy through wisdom. And, And that's the transitional process that is so incredible that we're all really here, most people are trying to to achieve on this earth. That's that's the path that a lot of people are trying to walk is to become whole. And we go through these different sacrifices in order to realize that we're already that. We're already that. So the suffering we endure is the separation because we believe oftentimes that, and that's what we've been programmed, that we have to go through. And we believe that we've been programmed so much that if you're not with the lead, if you're not with the government, you're going to suffer. But it's not true. I mean, I've been living a very interesting life over the last couple of years and traveling around and doing different things. And the more and more and more that I step into my work, less attachment I'm finding myself having to anything material. I'm not rejecting it. I'm not ignoring it or any of that. But I don't have the attachment to it. And I'm so much clearer in my state. And and over and over again, I hear from people these comments of, of inspiration, of being in this presence that they, they haven't been used to, that they've heard about, but they haven't had a chance to experience. Because the more I'm doing these things, I don't feel like I'm suffering because, you know, I tour around in a vehicle and <laughs> and instead of staying in hotels, I'm in my vehicle a lot of times or things like that. Uh, I don't feel that as suffering at all. It's a great joy in so many ways for me. And there's a holiness that comes through that is magnificent and amazing. And I oftentimes think, you know, we we just connect and we could just tune in to how amazing this world is and how incredible this earth is 
and what we have to experience here, if we were really seeing the divine souls in something, we would never be bored. We would never be the need the distractions of TV and entertainment and things like that. And government wouldn't have half the power because they wouldn't be putting on all this entertainment. Church wouldn't have to be a theater production because we'd already see the value. So it comes from wisdom. It doesn't come from suffering. Getting holy comes from wisdom, not suffering. So our true God energy, when we look at this, you know, when we look at these different components, when government and state sacrifices us, what they're doing is to, in a sense, make us poor. They're trying to offer up to their God energy, not necessarily the God energy or true divine God energy, but their God energy, which is their fear-based system. Okay? Um, true God energy asks for true sacrifice. And that is operating wisdom, unswayed by the material. Full of thought. And never offering material goods of life, be it animal or any other life. Right in the scriptures it says, thou shall not kill. Right? We hear that over and over again in the religious and the belief system. Thou shall not kill. Well, if thou shall not kill... Why do we have all these wars? Why are we constantly going off the battle? Why are we talking about killing things? <laughs> you know, it doesn't correlate. Why would life be sacrificed before not to kill? We, you got to think about that. In a lot of the old religious systems, Right? They offer that sacrifices of animals and things like that. Divine loving God doesn't ask for that, doesn't want it. The state uses the church to gain control of the masses uh, through this sort of immortal wisdom that it has. It, again, energy is energy, it's neutral, really, and so it taps into this wisdom. The same wisdom that's available to us, but how we use it makes a difference. That's what makes the difference in how it comes out, how it translates into our world. And those, you know, needing assistance to rise up, to remove, you know, remove the resources. We have to, you know, self-empowerment is not just gaining control over oneself. But it's operating in, in wisdom when we do this. So their hope is they think they can have more power if they gain control of the masses. Well, there's plenty of power for everybody <laughs> out there. And what this does is it lays the foundation of disconnection, okay? Because what they'll use is through fear, they'll, they'll say, well, if you don't do this, if you don't do that, you're not going to be accepted into heaven. Right? Well, let's look at heaven. Heaven comes back to this amazing, beautiful success energy. Heaven comes back to the harvest. It comes back to, to being able to operate on one's own self. Having authority, having command power, but having it because you're in alignment, not because you're trying to control somebody else. True power 
true authority, true command has nothing to do with ruling other people. And that whole concept lays the foundation of disconnecting from divine self. It sets the patterns that are related to poor self-worth, and that drives many to want to be in the lead to gain acceptance. And that equals self-destruction. Because when we look at that term of trying to gain acceptance in the world, what we're really dealing with, going through trials and tribulation and uncertainty and danger and grief, why would we want that? Why is that so prized? That's what acceptance is. And we don't need to get acceptance. We're already accepted by divine spirit. <laughs> We're already accepted as we are, perfect, as we are. So we don't need to get it. We don't need to be accepted by God into heaven, and God doesn't judge. We're already loved unconditionally and already are that divine, loving God energy. We don't need to prove our worthiness to anybody. We're all created equal, comes full circle, and God already knows that we are God. Already knows that connection, already knows the unity. There is nothing to prove. We are loved and we are embraced as we are. There's no need to be better. But the loving God, acceptance isn't needed. It's already there. Acceptance is another form of competition. You've got to reach a certain level. You're not good enough. So to strive for acceptance is to compete and to not fear our own perfection and divine reflection. Think about that, Coach. As I've mentioned before with the red flag, competing energy, competition energy, that's a big way that they're trying to drive us into reaction right now. That's a big way that's being used to try to maintain control over people. But if we understand this and we choose not to compete, then guess what? we're going to radiate divine reflection. And that's an incredible thing that changes lives. Again, no ascended master has sought structured buildings, temples, pulpits, pranks. They didn't have to be dressed in high fancy garb. We wore what everybody else wore. We talked about teachings in nature, and as one with the group, and not about the material wealth. It was all about the wisdom. What they do in this relationship is to prey on people's fears, to utilize that. On one hand, they're different entities. On another hand, they're exactly the same. They're a synergistic relationship. It's up to us as people to say, you know what? 
I'm not buying your messages of fear. Because I know what true divine essence is. I carry that wisdom. And that's the wisdom I'm going to operate from. I ask for money to do God's work. God doesn't need money. God energy doesn't need it. That's a material thing. Again, there's nothing wrong with putting up a pretty building or any of that, creating a nice place for people to gather. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't claim that it's to do God's work. God's work isn't reliant on money. Never about money when we're talking about God energy, but about sharing our gifts, giving of self, caring about others, and helping those that are less fortunate than ourselves. It doesn't carry, care about fancy robes and designating who's in power. It doesn't care about those things. Biblical phrases that are tossed around from our government, the state, particularly those that are fear-based, are all about creating uproar all about creating conflict. Pretty heavy thoughts today on this show. Some big things to think about. And these are important things for us to think about in the world and to be aware of. Because we don't want to get wrapped up into the distortion, into the misinterpretation along the way. There's a lot of great teachings in the scriptures and the Bibles and the different books that are out there. But you've also got to sort through what really connects and what doesn't. And it's not that hard to do. A lot of people get in that confusion. But when it's really coming from love, when it's talking about that loving energy, that's the piece that's true. And when we're really talking about things that are about fear and control and judgment, those are the distortions. Those are the programs. I want to take a minute to do a little exercise here today. Because we don't need to live in paranoia of doctrine and church and state and what their relationship is and who's right or any of that. Because they all have pieces about them that are corrupt and all have pieces about them that aren't correct. And it doesn't matter what religion you you belong to or belief system you belong to. We're not here to separate or isolate ourselves out. We're here to learn from one another. We're here to expand our consciousness. We're here to work together with our peace, whatever peace that is. A couple of minutes here, and just let's take some deep breaths. Let's take a moment to just kind of relax. And if you're driving, maybe come back to this later and listen to it when you're not driving. (laughs) 
I don't know if that's possible to listen to this show while you're driving, but if you are, come back to this part of the show because I don't want you to relapse on the road. And just give yourself a place, whether it's your chair, wherever you're at, and, and just let your breathing kind of slow down a little bit and let your body relax. I want you just to take this, this little piece of time because it's not a long piece of time. And this is a really cool thing. When we're dealing with true divine presence and true God energy, it doesn't have to take a lot of time. It can be a split second even. And just focus on letting the muscles relax in your body. And just a, let me take a minute here. Okay, I'm just going to take this moment this time give of myself to allow myself to be in a holy space with each breath I want you to just Focus on a lightness and a brightness surrounding you. And just say, you know, it's not time to focus on the world right now. It's just time to focus on feeling my divine energy, which is the divine energy. That which I am and that which connects all of us. And Whatever comes through for you is fine, whether it's the heart, solar plexus, or any other part of your body. And just be aware. It's okay, wherever it comes through. And as we start to let go and just say, I'm just going to let myself feel lost in this moment. I'm just going to let myself be lost in this moment. Just remember what loving energy is all about, what it feels like. Very peaceful, very gentle, but it's so strong and powerful. Most of all, it's clear. It's expansive. Maybe you start to feel yourself connecting with other things around you, just the energy of the space, because it's natural as you connect with your own divine energy that you'll awaken divine energy in the trees, in people, in the energy of spaces. And it's so cool, but just by you focusing on your own divine energy, that you're awakening that. That's how it works. You allow yourself to feel it. You awaken it everywhere you are. You awaken it in everybody that you've met and haven't met. All across the world, the globe, the universe.
as you feel the expansion, I also want you to take a moment to tune in in this beautiful space that you've opened up to anything that does scare you or any programming that you've had along the way that has been a threat or a fear. You've been programmed that if you don't do this, <laughs> you're in trouble, you'll be judged. As those come up, as whatever that is that is coming up for you, and take note of it, I also want you to feel the warmest, most loving embrace wrap around you. It's so loving and it's so pure and it's so caring. You might not even have experienced anything like it in this world, but that's okay because you still remember it. You're still connected to it. Feeling an angel wrap their wings around you. It's just this pure, pure essence. And there's no fear there. As you do this, and, and this may be hard for some people, it's okay if it is for you. But I want you to do whatever you can to accept that you are this energy. You carry this energy with you here on this earth, and you have the ability to not only stand in that energy here, but to share it and to awaken and and as you allow yourself to accept, this is where you come from, this is what you are. You're everything around you awakening through this love. Let it infiltrate through every piece of your life, be it work, relationships, partners, friendships. It is your gift to be able to feel this in any moment. It is your choice given to you by the divine to feel this. Just because the world says you have to be afraid or scared or angry or hurt or a victim doesn't mean you have to be. You don't have to deny anything that you're feeling, but you have the choice to feel happy through anything. Just take a couple of moments here to 
embrace this feeling. Just bask in this warmth. This is what we can really be here. This is what these incredible relationships, when they're operating in their virtues, are like. When you feel this energy somewhere in the world, you're dealing with absolute divine truth in essence. This is the compassion. This is the love that understands the sacrifices you're making here on earth. Not to suffer, but to become fully as you already are. To remember your holiness. Consciously choose it. We all have things that challenge us in this world. It's your choice whether you will be holy through it. And as you're ready, and you have this time, Take a moment to express whatever gratefulness, to be in gratefulness, feel gratefulness for this connection. Always there is what you have to share. How can anything be more powerful than that? I don't know of anything more powerful than that. And let your breathing come back up. Take your time. It takes a little while to come through when we're then in these states, when we're then in these levels of connection. And let our breathing come back up. And some of you may not want to come out right now, and that's okay. (laughs) You don't have to come out right now if you don't want to. You can just let the energy flow. For you. This is what church and state was meant to be. Don't let the earthly distortions distract you. Don't let it make you angry because they're presenting other things. Just be polite. Be your own church and state in your own virtues. Definitely some big stuff that we've been going through today and that we've been talking about today. And I think probably some really big eye-opening things. This is the energy that's going to transform our world, love, compassion, 
not fear. This is the energy that connects us with the light. Nothing related to just one specific religion or belief system. It's unity. It's a harmonious relationship. Next week on my show, I'm going to have Lane Chater. And I don't know if it's Chater. I'm going to find out (laughs) exactly how to pronounce that. And he's going to be sharing his musical talent and ideas on living raw and simple. When we talk raw and simple, we're talking live and real. And he's done it. He's been through a lot of his own journeys his, um, to, with his own trials and tribulations, and he's living in really beautiful wisdom that he's going to share with us. Um, he's come through having a brain tumor. And so I think his story is going to be one you want to tune into. He's living in compassion, and he's living in his own code connection. And he's going to be joining us from Australia next week. And I do really want to remind you that um, I did get a new video out. I'm just going to start sharing that a little more this weekend uh, because I put out actually two things very similar. I put out a short video on my chapter of um, the co-collaboration I'm in, Embraced by the Divine and Woman. Women's Gateway to Power, Passion, and Purpose um, in there. And definitely that paperback, soft copy version is now available. You can uh, certainly get it. We are an international bestseller with that book. It's available in Kindle as well. You can check that out at embracebythedivine.com. There's a lot of amazing gifts and tools and resources that have been offered up through this book for you as well. Um, but you can follow all the different things that I have coming up. I will be gradually again putting up the events and things like that. I'm doing a lot of thinking about things, um, you know, uh, with everything and uh, doing a lot of thought on uh, how I want to how I want to structure the events, how I want to open them up and the energy I'm going to bring into them. So uh, lots of of things coming up, and you can follow all those things through my website, by the way, Josie Ann Nichols George, and number one.com. And um, my books are on there. Uh, books and, and things from previous guests are on there as well, um, as well as the Embrace by the Divine is on my collaboration page. Uh, so you can check all those things out, and you can check out more about what I do with code interpretation there as well. So um, lots of options for you. Uh, also, um, January's a special deal. Um, if you still have, actually, it's kind of sitting in there. If you if you really uh, want to contact me in regards to doing the event that I have going on next weekend, uh, do so. I think technically we're just closing out this weekend on registration for that, but you can still get in on that, and uh, you can check that out on my homepage. It'll give you more information. Uh, when you register for that and participate in it, I'm doing a free um, chart of the days of the year. I, I'm still coming out of that meditation, I think, a free chart uh, of your your favorable and challenging days of the year um, for 2016. So that's a nice little bonus perk that you're going to get if you participate on either the full day or a full weekend option for that event. Um, I do plan to have a spring equinox 
event going on somewhere around the Sioux Falls region here. And, uh, and again, I would look for me to be out near probably the California area um, or headed that way or doing something maybe out towards the west as we move into the summer season. So that's, that's a great option as well. Also, don't forget we've got several shows here on Main Street Universe. We have people that are coming in and doing, uh, you know, once-a-month things, doing sporadic things. Janice, who uh, is our co-producer here, is uh, is doing her own show, and she has some really wonderful things for empowering women. Main Street Universe, they just have the Grimasis on, Reagan and uh, Stephanie uh, Grimasi were on, and uh, they're doing some great things, and, and Susan Weed still comes on and, and does her show from time to time. So we've kind of been in the ups and downs of everybody's schedule <laughs> and trying to coordinate that. Darren Bepair, of course, is coming on uh, fairly consistently. So catching his show on Spiritual Insights is really interesting as well. And um, Kevin Baird pops on with his new companion work every now and then as well. Hey, this is Jesse Ann Nichols-George, and I want to thank you so much for being here today. And thanks to all of our listeners, not only on Blog Talk Radio, but those that are streaming live on Penn, known as Parent Counters Network, Dreamfinder, TalkStream Live, and those catching our podcast at iTunes and TuneIn.com. Also, those catching the YouTube version of the show as well. And I look forward to seeing you back here next week as we delve more into Code Connection. Don't forget, if you've enjoyed my show today, share it with others. It's going to be available at the same link in our archive, and I'm going to leave you with that song, Journey 4, also known as Over and Over. It's by Shemshai. Thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you again next week right here on Code Connection. May you enjoy the rest of your weekend and have a really amazing week. If I could see what makes me blind, I would go to the edge of my mind. And to touch what seems unreal Just to show you the way that I feel And we are in time with time One with season of change inside And we are in tune with the tune Caught in a balance of sun and moon
Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.